One Fiedler family tradition is wearing glasses or contacts. We all wear them. My brother picked out his first pair when he was in preschool, and I can remember picking out my first frames when I was in the fourth grade. My father tells the best stories about the joys of seeing through his glasses for the first time. He was amazed by seeing individual leaves on the trees and the thrill of being able to watch a baseball arc and hit right into his mitt so that he could catch a hit way out in the left field. My family can confirm this truth. Life is not so fun when you can't see clearly. Now over this past year, I've had to adapt how I see all over again. For me, wearing a mask changes how I recognize and see people. It's easy not to notice someone you know or mistake a stranger for a familiar friend when you can't see their full face. While waiting to get my second vaccine shot, a volunteer approached me and exclaimed, Diana! Now, I could see that she was smiling through her eyes and I felt her disappointment when I admitted that I was not her dear Diana after all. It's tough when we can't read signs or see faces clearly. When our vision is blurred or blocked, it is harder to navigate day-to-day -day living. And these days we are living in blurry, hazy days and I'm not even talking about the pollen. As we navigate this in-between phase of almost and not yet, returning to earlier routines and gathering with friends and neighbors, our vision of what's next may seem fuzzy. We can envision dinner parties and family visits returning to the classroom and office, and gathering for worship here in the sanctuary on Sundays. We can see it, but we are not quite ready to live into that vision fully. Not yet. This almost and not yet state of living has happened before. God's people understood the complexity of living in transition in today's passage from Isaiah. Many people returned to their homes after years of exile to find that much had changed. Their homes and even the temple are destroyed. They struggle to imagine a new life and abundant living after years of oppression under foreign rule. Yet, the prophet Isaiah describes a clear vision of God's hope for the welfare of all creation. According to God, the people, the land, and the animals will all thrive. It's a striking image for today. Listen to God's hope 
from Isaiah 65. For I am about to create a new heavens and a new earth. The former things shall not be remembered or come to mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in what I am creating. For I am about to create Jerusalem as a joy and its people as a delight. I will rejoice in Jerusalem and delight in my people. No more shall the sound of weeping be heard in it or the cry of distress. No more shall there be in it an infant that lives but a few days or an old person who does not live out a lifetime. For one who dies at a hundred years will be considered a youth and one who falls short of a hundred years will be considered accursed. They shall build houses and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and eat their fruit. They shall not build and another inhabit. They shall not plant and another eat. For like the days of a tree, the days of my people be, and my chosen shall long enjoy the work of their hands. They shall not labor in vain or bear children for calamity, for they shall be offspring blessed by the Lord and their descendants as well. Before they call, I will answer. While they are yet speaking, I will hear. The wolf and the lamb shall lie down together. The lion shall eat straw like the ox, but the serpent, its food shall be dust. They shall not hurt or destroy on all my holy mountain, says the Lord. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Isaiah paints a vivid picture for a people that have been decimated by destruction and exile. It's a glorious image. And I want to highlight three aspects of God's vision today. First, according to the prophet, God is still creating. God is about to create a new heaven and a new earth. God's work in creation is not complete. God's new heaven and new earth will lead to rejoicing and delight. So much so, the hardships and trauma of the past will not be remembered. This is incredibly good news. In God's vision, we will not carry our suffering forward. Weeping and distress will end. I imagine that this is true for all creation. Clean waters will flow without pollution or plastic. The air will be cleansed and clear. God's new heaven and new earth will heal, heal our planet beyond our own efforts of preservation. Our work to nurture the earth continues. And yet, we trust that God's hope for the world includes a renewal for all creation. A second part of God's glorious vision described by Isaiah is the long-lasting, abundant livelihood of the people. God's hope 
includes lives lived past a hundred years. No more will parents grieve the death of their infants. No more will communities grieve the death of lives lost too soon. God's hope is tender for us today. Too much of our news includes lives cut short in Indianapolis, in Brooklyn Center, and Minneapolis, in Chicago, and in hospitals all around our world. We face death due to illness and gun violence on a daily basis, almost growing numb to their names and the statistics. God's vision is starkly different. People will live long lives, enjoying homes they have built and the fruits of their labors. Professor of Christian ethics, Dr. Stacy Floyd Thomas writes, the property, the productivity, and the prosperity of God's people will no longer be preyed upon by their persecutors, but will be profitable for them throughout their prosperity. All God's people prosper and thrive. It's a part of our hope as we as a congregation commit to earth care and Matthew 25. We hope that all creation flourishes. Now in my hometown of Roanoke, there was a wonderfully thriving black community on Henry Street near the fancy Hotel Roanoke. In the 1960s, with the promise of urban renewal, all of that was torn down. Houses, gardens, churches, and businesses. The community was scattered for the construction of an interstate highway and civic center. And this area cannot be restored to its former glory. There still is pain and grief. Somehow, we need to find a way for this community to flourish again. Isaiah promises that God will restore the land and the people to a new wholeness and hope. We heard similar stories here in Richmond of Jackson Ward and other communities that have been destroyed for progress. However, we trust that God wants us, the church, to be partners in restoration and thriving livelihoods for all people. Finally, God's vision concludes with a description of the peace that sustains all creation. Verse 25 echoes the peaceable kingdom described in Isaiah 11. Here again, the wolf and the lamb live together in harmony. The lion is no longer a threat, but is domesticated like the ox. The animal kingdom is also included in God's joyful vision of abundant living. All creation has a fresh start and lives and thrives. This is not a pipe dream, but God's promised work through creation and redemption. So as we focus on Earth Day and all the ways our natural world is suffering, 
God's vision of hope and harmony offers us a glimpse of what we have to look forward to. We trust in God's amazing grace. We are called to participate in God's plan for hope and healing for all the earth and all creation. May it be so. Let us pray. God of the cosmos, we give thanks that you created the earth and called it good. We give thanks for your calling to join you in restoration and healing for the earth and our neighbors. Guide us to follow your call today and tomorrow so that we can continue to see a world where all will thrive and all will live into your love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.